In accordance with the standing orders for delivery pilots, which was posted at all ferry pools in case of emergency, Kitty had gone straight to the administration office to ring in her report to Mayfair 120 and get her ongoing orders. She then sat down to carefully write the same report for her commanding officer at Central Dispatch Pool. This report had to be signed and sent immediately, for the loss of a plane was serious and schedules would have to be changed. Glad that the paperwork was done, Kitty had a quick word with the billeting officer and then dumped her things on a spare bed in the female accommodation hut. Deciding she needed a bath rather more than the large gin, she found the ablutions block, stripped off her clothes and sank with a sigh of pleasure into the permitted few inches of hot water. She ached in places she hadn't known she had and there was a lump on her temple the size of a small egg but the hot water soon eased the sore muscles, and by the time the water had cooled, she was feeling much calmer and ready for that gin. Dressing quickly in clean underwear and a fresh shirt, she pulled on the navy blue uniform skirt and jacket and straightened her tie. The gold flashes on the shoulders and round the cuffs of her jacket, the standard-issue black silk stockings, the gold badge on her cap, and the wings sewn above her breast pocket made the outfit very glamorous. Though that was not a word that sat easily with the women pilots, for most didn't consider what they did as glamorous at all. But they agreed that it turned heads, secured the best hotel rooms and restaurant tables, and represented a certain exciting and daring image of which they were very proud. Kitty fluffed out her thick, wavy, fair hair, which had been trimmed to regulation length just above her collar, and carefully placed the cap so the front point was directly over her right brow. A dash of lipstick and a dab of powder over the swelling on her temple, and she was ready. It was like being struck by a wall of sound as she stepped into the smoky atmosphere of the officer's mess. There was a game of pirates going on, and she stood by the door with some of the other girls from the ATA and watched the fun as grown men tried to get around the vast room without touching the floor. Freddy, of course, was in the thick of it, his fair hair flopping over his eyes, his tie askew, shirt sleeves rolled up as he swung from a rafter, landed delicately onto a chair, which he balanced on two legs, before hopping off onto a narrow windowsill and running along it to another rafter. He was being pursued with great gusto by the rather burly Roger Makepeace, who was about as delicate and nimble as a rugby prop forward. But, to give him his due, he was doing rather well, until he tried to copy Freddy's trick with the chair and landed with a great thud in the middle of a table. Great shouts of laughter boomed out as the table collapsed and Roger was covered in the contents of bottles, glasses and ashtrays. More shouts rang out as Freddy reached the bar, which was the end of the circuit, slid along it and landed on the piano stool where he began to thump out chopsticks on the out-of-tune keys. Kitty exchanged a knowing glance with the ATA girl standing beside her as Roger was helped to his feet dusted down and handed a pint of beer. They'd seen it all before in just about every RAF mesh they'd been in. These brave boys lived on a knife edge every day, and the long roll call of those who hadn't returned 
was merely a reminder that life had to be lived to the very last breath, for no one knew what tomorrow would bring. Sobered by the thought of how close she'd come today to being numbered amongst the lost, Kitty went to the bar and asked for a drink. There was no gin, only beer, but as it wasn't the watered-down stuff served in civilian pubs, it was worth drinking. Freddie and Roger saw her at the same time, and within minutes she was surrounded by them and their colleagues, and being good-naturedly teased about the mess she'd made of the tiffy, and that she'd probably put those cows off giving milk for a week with her antics. There were jocular remarks about how women should stick to knitting and cooking and not try to...